Alhamdulillah, wa in this dua and Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us three major things. And if anybody wants to know, am I leading a balanced life? So what we should see is, is my life according to the du'as in the Quran? Because the du'a in Quran is the way Allah Ta'ala is teaching me how I should beg Him and ask Him to make me. Means that Allah Ta'ala is showing me how He wants me to be. And Allah Ta'ala is showing me how I'm supposed to ask Him to make me. So if my life is going in the direction, lifestyle, which is like the du'a, means I'm balanced. And if my life is nowhere near like that du'a, then yes, I still have to make the du'a. It means I'm asking for a miracle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? For example, imagine if there's somebody who never prays, and never fasts, and doesn't control their gaze. Now they could make du'a, Allah ta'ala grant me jannah. They can make that du'a. And they should still make it. But if their life is nothing like that, means that when they make du'a, they're asking for an outright miracle. So here in this du'a, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned three things. Rabbana atana fid dunya hasana. That, oh Allah, I want that you should give me what they call the hasanat of the dunya. So there's a lot to learn over here. Even when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to be in this world and to earn this world, there's a certain adab. So one of the major differences, and so Kamal was reminding me last time I spoke to you about secularism, right? This time he said I should speak to you a little bit about capitalism. <laughs> Allah Akbar. <laughs> so one difference in capitalism and Islam. <clears throat> because Islam is not exactly like communism. And it's not exactly like capitalism. One major difference is that capitalism takes out the adab of earning. For example, there's something called the adab of learning. Capitalism takes out the adab of earning. What does it mean? Islam doesn't say you don't have to earn. Islam says you have to earn. You can have private property, private wealth, private equity, you can have all of that. But you have to do it with adab. <coughs> adab means you should do it with the proper manner, with the proper etiquette, in the proper way. So what's the first adab? First adab is this, that you must always make dua to Allah SWT means that yes, you have to study, you have to get the internship, you have to get the job, you have to apply for the better job, you have to work hard on the job, you have to do all of that. But along the way, all the time, you have to be Rabbana, 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 every step of the way. It's Adha. Capitalism says that no, an atheistic type of capitalism, says that Allah SWT has nothing to do with it. Rabb in the Arabic language, there's one special name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's many names. But you would see in the entire Quran, except one or two very small exceptions, otherwise you can say almost the entire Quran, 
every dua Allah Ta'ala tells us to call upon him by using this name, Rabb. Rabbana, 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 Rabbana. Why that particular name? Well, there's so many other names of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Rabb is that word in Arabic, <coughs> which means that being who does your tarbiyya, that being who possesses rububiyya, Rabb means the one who is nourishing, upbringing, sustaining, granting, watching, caretaking Allah Subhanahu So Allah Subhanahu said that when you want something from me, you don't have to call me Al-Azim, you don't even have to call me Al-Rahman. You just call upon me with my this special name, Rabb, because that's who I am, I'm your caretaker. So when you want me to do some caretaking of you, you should just tell me that Allah told me, you are the one who takes care of me. So take care of me. <laughs> so simple. <laughs> so simple. You can think like the way a child, when they call their mother, so they don't call their mother by name, they don't call their mother by attribute, they call her mother. If they're speaking Urdu, they say Ammi. If they're speaking Arabic, they say Ummi. All they have to do is say that one word. Well, the mother can be all the way on the other side of the house. Small child, right? Saying Ummi, 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 Ummi. All the mother, she just hears that one word. Everything in her heart melts for that child. Because the child has invoked this relationship of mother-child. Allah Ta'ala says you should invoke the relationship of Rabb and Abd. So that's the first adab of being and earning in this dunya. That we must always be praying to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We shouldn't view it just that I'm earning, I'm accomplishing, I'm striving. We should view it that Allah Ta'ala is taking care of me. And I need Allah Ta'ala to take more care of me. I'm needy of that caretaker. I'm needy of that caregiver. I'm not independent I'm not strong, I'm not self-sufficient. I'm entirely needy and dependent on Allah SWT on every step of my earning and living. Rabbana, Rabbana, Rabbana. Second, Allah Ta'ala said, Rabbana atina. Means that whatever dunya I get, I should view it as a gift from Allah SWT. Now for example, let's say you have a friend and that friend hooks you up with a job. So don't you get very grateful to that friend? You feel indebted to that friend. You feel that you should also help out that friend. If that friend tells you to do something because he's the one who helped you and got you a job, if he tells you to do something, you do it. And you do it happily. You do it lovingly. Because he helped you with a job. This is that friend. What did he do? All he did was give you a reference. (laughs) Maybe he emailed you one single contact. Maybe he went one minute phone call with that person and put in a good word for you. And for that human being who just sent you one email or made one phone call on your behalf, you're ready now to listen to them. You believe 100% that they are your caretaker well-wisher. Then how ready should we be to listen to and obey to Allah SWT who has given us each and every single thing we have in this world? Every brain cell that you have that enables you to study. Every moment of health that you have that enables you to study. Every strength you have that enables you to stay awake and earn. Every single thing was given by Allah SWT. To Rabbana Atana. Fid dunya hasana. Third thing in dua is that we don't want anything in the, everything in the dunya. We only want one thing of the dunya. That's called the hasanat of the dunya. 
those things in the dunya which are noble and pure. And hasanat also is related to another word in Arabic called husn. means the things that are of beauty and virtue. So that means that our relationship with this world is not unconditional. It's not absolute. Again, capitalism says that anything and any and all money is good for you. Any and all money is perfectly good for you. And adab of earning in Islam says no, only the hasanat of this world are good for you. Hasanat means obviously staying away from haram professions, such as those that involve interest or insurance. Hasanat also means that staying away from oppressive oppressions, oppressive professions. Certain companies, they oppress the poor. Certain companies are responsible for global poverty by keeping the poor the poor, only letting the rich become more rich and keeping the poor as poor. Right? Someone would not want to work for such a company. Certain industries are involved in weapons and other manufacturing or tobacco manufacturing. That's not hasanat. You cannot call that the noble, virtuous, pure, pristine, beautiful pursuits of this world. So there's an adab of earning in our deen. And this is one of the most frequently recited du'as, Rabbanatana, Fidunya, Hasana, etc. But if our own lifestyle isn't like that, our strategy isn't like that, our planning isn't like that, our goals aren't like that, that means in our tongue we're making the du'a, but our life is not actually moving towards that du'a. We are going after all types of things in dunya which are not hasanat. <laughs> so how can we then make du'a Allah Ta'ala give me the hasanat, but I'm chasing after the other things, we call them kabihat in Arabic. I'm chasing after things of vice and vulgarity and immodesty and impurity. So that's not the right way. The lack of The lack of So the first thing in balance is actually just to become balanced inside our dunya. Only once we're balanced inside dunya, then can we think about being balanced between deen and dunya. Many young men and women have this problem that they're imbalanced when it comes to their dunya itself. Always remember, anybody who is imbalanced in dunya can never become balanced on deen. Never. We've been to so many places, dealt with so many people, I've never found one person, one exception, that they were imbalanced in dunya, but they were balanced and steady in deen. No way. What does it mean to be imbalanced in dunya? It can mean many things. One a person can be imbalanced in their sleep, even just in their sleep. In exams week, they sleep four to six hours a night. And then in every other week they sleep, mashallah, 10, 12, 14 hours. If there's class at 8 a.m., they'll get up and go. And on Saturday and Sunday, they can wake up at 12 noon. Imbalanced, imbalanced. Some days they work hard, some days they do nothing. They go, massive fluctuation. So you have so much fluctuation, you don't have what in Arabic is called i'tidal. You don't have steady equilibrium. Instead you have fluctuation. That person who has fluctuation in their dunya will always have fluctuation in thee. Guaranteed. Even just recently one of our friends was telling us, and I asked about another friend of ours, he says, oh, those were the days when he didn't have a job. <laughs> now that he has a job, <laughs> now he's absent. Yes, this you find the young man in Norway, when he doesn't have a job, mashallah, he can be doing something for deen, or nauzubillah, he can be doing some terrible things also. But he doesn't have strength, 
doesn't have perseverance, doesn't have istiqamah, doesn't have himma. Imbalanced. Imbalanced. Sometimes it's personality imbalance, sometimes it's sleep imbalance, sometimes it's relationship imbalance, sometimes it's eating imbalance. Imbalance. No way that person can ever be balanced on deen. Absolutely impossible. So actually Islam doesn't want you to leave the dunya. Islam wants you to reach steady equilibrium in your dunya. In fact, the stronger you are in dunya, many times some, some people, the stronger they are in deen. Yes. Sayyidina Rasulullah said, خِيَارُكُمْ فِي Islam, خِيَارُكُمْ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَةِ إِذَا فَكَهُ That the best of you in Islam will be the ones who are the best in jahiliyyah. He was telling Sabiqah, the best of you in Islam will be the ones who are the best in jahiliyyah. إِذَا فَكَهُ If you get if you get understanding. If you understand deen, then you will become the best in deen like you are the best in jahiliyyah. But if you don't understand deen, you may be the best in jahiliyyah, but you won't be the best in deen. But that's another reason why we don't have balance. Some of us are super achievers, high accomplishers, strivers in our dunya, but because we don't have understanding of deen, we're not like that in our deen. We are A in dunya and we are D in deen. We are 3.95 GPA in corporate finance and 0.23 GPA in haya and 0.5 GPA in taqwa and 0.71 GPA in sunnah. Hmm. But we're mashallah, 3.8 GPA in marketing and 3.9 GPA in finance and 3.85 GPA in strategy. Hmm. Imbalance? <laughs> it's not balance. It's not balance, person. Rabbana atana fi dunya hasana. Then wa fil Now, question here. Right? Allah Ta'ala, why would Allah Ta'ala put dunya first? Dua should have been Rabbana atana fil akhirati hasana. Wakina adhabannaan. Wa fil dunya hasana. Right? Dunya should have been at the end. Or Rabbana atana then you could have come at least after Akhirah. Here actually Allah Ta'ala was putting necessity first and goal second. <coughs> Dunya is our necessity. We have to do it. Because that's the way Allah Ta'ala has put us in this world. We have to be people who earn, live, function in the world. But the asal, asal or the original real purpose of our life is Akhirah. Second reason Mufassirun have said is that once a person starts earning in the dunya, this is part of the adab of earning. That they must make dua to Allah Ta'ala, must ask for the hasanat, and must always remember their Akhirah. It was actually a training given to us in this dua. That once you start seeking the dunya, don't forget the Akhirah. And even if you are so careful and cautious that you're only seeking the hasanat of the dunya, still don't forget the akhirah. You will need the hasanat of akhirah. And same Allah Ta'ala, who is giving you the hasanat of the dunya, same Allah Ta'ala can guide you and inspire you how to get the hasanat of the akhirah. Now, again, if our life is not according to this dua, so if we look at our life and we say that we are all the time working for dunya, and very little of our time are we doing anything for the sake of our akhirah. 
means my life is against this door. If you ask a person, okay, what did you do in summer break or summer vacation? But this, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. They can roll 10 things, 15 things, 20 things. Everything was they got more hasanat than dunya. And they didn't get any more hasanat than the akhirah. Let's take a student, so in your first year in, I call it B.I., but you call it B.E., right? <laughs> B.E., B.E., right? Allah Akbar. So, first year student in B.E., and final year student in B.E., so you would say there must be a big difference between first year student and final year student. So I say, what's the difference in that? You say that he's gotten so much more knowledge and so much more courses, and I said, okay, he's got more hasanat of dunya. He said, yes. Education is from the hasanat of dunya. He has more education. More hasanat of dunya. I say, okay. And between the first year and the final year, has he or she gotten more hasanat of akhira? I said, does he have memorized more Quran in final year than he was when he was in first year? So the same person. I said, does he understand more Quran in final year than he understood in first year? The same person. I said, does she make more dua? after these three, four years than she did in the first year. Same person. Does she or he pray salah better quality? Final year. Fourth year quality salah. As opposed to that freshman salah. <laughs> no, I'm still on freshman salah. You know what a freshman is? You have that term in Norway. Right? First year. Newcomer. Beginner. Still praying beginning salah. So you can keep going on and on and on. It's clear that in four years, then you ask that person, okay, how many times did you make this dua? Rabbana atana fid dunya hasanata wa So I probably made that dua probably thousands of times in four years. But then why didn't you try to live your life according to the dua that you're asking? If you made the dua one thousand times to Allah Ta'ala in four years, why didn't you try to yourself also fulfill that dua? That's what our Mashaikh say, our Shaykh said a very powerful thing in Urdu, which I translate for you in English. He said, that we have not been sent to this world to live a good life. We have not been sent to this world to live a good life. We have been sent to this world to die a good death. Allah Akbar Kamira. That's a totally different way of thinking. <laughs> Now, at your age, anybody in their 20 to 30, this is the number one concern that I have to live a good life. How can I live a good life? How can I live a better life? How many people are thinking I need to die a good death? How can I die a better death? How can I die the best death that I possibly can? So that I get the best akhirah that I possibly can. Very few people are thinking like that. So busy living a good life, that we're not able to die a good death. So in this dua Allah is teaching us that you need the hasanat of the dunya but you also need the hasanat of the akhirah. Hasanat of akhirah means every single thing that takes a person to Jannah. And the other things are those things that are going to take us into Jahannam. Another thing we learn from this dua is everything in the dunya is either part of the hasanat or not part of the hasanat. Everything that we do for the Akhirah is either going to be counted for us or counted against us. There's nothing neutral. Either you're just like in the corporate world, that's what they will tell you when they teach you productivity and efficiency. You cannot have a neutral quarterly report. 
They say, no, either you show productivity or you don't have it. You can't say, no, I have neutral. I have zero efficiency. I'm not positive nor negative. They say, no, that's inefficient. They say, lack of productivity means you're unproductive. There's no neutrality. If you don't have efficiency, it means you're inefficient. There's no neutrality. If you don't have performance, it means you are failing. There's no neutrality. Same thing in the Akhara. Same thing. Either you are earning Akhara or you're losing Akhara. That's what Allah said in Quran, Mal Asri innan in Sanafi Allah swore by time, by the fading of time, by time, by time itself, by the passing and fading of time, Innan insana lafi khusr. There's no neutral. Humanity is actually in a state of loss, is losing. The only one who is not losing is the one who is earning. That's the person of Iman and Atmala Saleh. So either losing or earning. If you're a student, you know this about yourself. Every semester, either you earn something or you lost something. It's an opportunity. Nobody can say, no, I spent the semester just neutral. I didn't gain any knowledge, but I didn't lose any opportunity either. So look, if you didn't gain knowledge, it means you lost an opportunity. How can you say that? That I didn't gain the knowledge, but I didn't lose the opportunity. So the same thing for our Akhah. Now think that every single day has some hasanat of the dunya that we could possibly get. But every single day also has some hasanat of the akhirah that we could possibly get. How many hasanat have we missed out on up to this point in our life? And the last part of the dua, وَكِنَا أَذَابَ nar, And Allah Ta'ala save us from the punishment of the fire. If a person is getting hasanat of dunya, and they're getting hasanat of akhirah. So this is done. The dua could, that would have been enough. Anybody who got this two things in the dua means they're not going to end up in the fire of Jahannam. Right? Why would they end up in the fire of Jahannam? If they were getting hasanat of the dunya and hasanat of the akhirah. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear that you should always be afraid. Yes. The mu'min, the believer, is always afraid of Jahannam. No matter how many hasanat they have. That's why Sahaba Ikram, radiallahu ta'ala anhumajmain, who had the most hasanat, who had the most hasanat, they also had the most fear of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. They had the, the most fear of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. So then, how strange is it that the people who had the most hasanat had the most fear? And we have the least hasanat and we have the least fear. Ajeeb equation. Right? But this is what the dua is teaching us. This is exactly what happens. Why? When we have least hasanat, why do we have least fear? Because we become numb. We become desensitized. We become desensitized. I'll give you an example from your world. The person is going to Harvard Business School. And he's about to graduate. And he doesn't have a job yet. You would think, you should go out of I'm going to have a Harvard MBA. You should see the way he runs around. You should see the number of resumes he sends in. You should see how many interviews he gives. You should see how much surfing he does. He's so afraid of not getting a job. Because he has so many hasanat. <laughs> in the sense of the dunya. And that person who is not even going to college... 
Right? Doesn't even go to university. <laughs> Doesn't have the hasanat of education. He's just kicking back, relaxing. <laughs> you ask him, especially in this country, mashallah, he's living off social benefits and welfare. He doesn't even need to look for a job. Huh? You people are very lucky, really. If, if Sayyidina Umar, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, was the king of Norway, yes, and he was to make this welfare system on the basis of adul, I think half the Muslims who get welfare in this country wouldn't get it anymore. He would say, get up and work. <laughs> You're lucky you don't have the justice of Sayyidina Umar, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. <laughs> he would say, we're just <laughs> giving money to people who are loafers. Hmm? It's just relaxing. Get desensitized. Become numb. Loses their drive, loses their passion. So we have to make our life according to this dua. Then, inshallah, then it will be balanced. Balance means that person who is seeking the hasanat of the dunya, who is seeking the hasanat of the akhirah, and who is always making sure they don't do anything that will put them into the fire of Jahannam. What puts a person into the fire of Jahannam? Sin. Whenever we sin, we are taking one step towards Jahannam. And this is a mistake we make, that we let ourselves sin more and more. How many people are sin-free? How many people can say even they spent one month of their life sin free? What's one month? One month is nothing. Not even saying one year. How many people can say they spent one week sin free? One week I didn't do any single sin at all. I didn't think any sinful thought at all. I didn't have any sinful desire at all. I didn't feel any sinful feeling at all. Could you imagine what it would be like to spend a week like that? Then you know what balance is. Then there are some things in our deen where there's no balance. Deen does not ask you to have balance. Deen takes a completely one-sided answer. Yes? For example, some people will tell you to be moderate in deen. What does it mean by moderate? They mean that, no, 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 don't put at full high heat 100% taqwa. Cool it down a little bit. Put the taqwa on 50%, put the sin on 50%. They call that balance. Sometimes we tell people like this, they say you should be 50% like Abu Bakr and 50% like Abu Jahl. And you will be balanced. You will be balanced. Right? And yes, if somebody tries 100% to be like Abu Bakr, people get scared. So what's the matter with you? You're going extreme. You're imbalanced. You need to slow down. Allah Akbar. You need to slow down. Nobody can slow down life. Can you slow down time? Can you tell me, can you live 24 hours slower? Can you slow it down to 25 hours? Just one hour. Can you slow it down? You cannot. You are traveling 24 hours a day speed towards your death. You cannot slow it down. Nobody can slow it down. Kullu nafsin mot. Every single person is going to die. You cannot slow it down. No way. <coughs> So there are some things in deen, there's no concept of balance. I wanted to make this clear because some people think that everything in deen is we should be in the middle way. Yes, Sayyidina Rasulullah some Sadith, Khairul Umuri Ausatuha. The best of matters is the one that is in the middle. But by that, you see, it, what middle depends on where you define the ends. If I say the end is 0 and 10, middle is 5, right? 
If I say n is 0 and 50, the middle is 25. What Sayyidina Rasulullah he was not saying it in that sense, mathematically. He was saying that if you are faced with umur, means multiple options, all of which are halal in deen, then you should pick whichever one is in the middle. So, for example, you could pray all night, you could sleep all night, better that you should do some praying and some sleeping, pick something that is in the middle. That's what the Apostles meant. He wasn't saying that you should have ausat taqwa, you should have middle level taqwa. So when you're in grading, if you have A, B, D, F, so the median grade is a C, or 2.0 GPA, it doesn't mean have C taqwa, and follow C sunnah, and have C level of iman, and pray a C level salah. There's no balance in that. In that sense, Islam is intense, very strong, very passionate. Another is your feelings. One is that there's no balance in ibadat and action amal. You have to be 100% on amal and ibadah. Second place there's no balance in Islam is our feelings. Which feeling? So, fear of Allah SWT. There's no concept in Islam you should fear Allah Ta'ala a little bit. You should fear Him kinda, sorta. No. You should have 100% fear of Allah SWT because He is always 100% mighty and majestic and powerful. Right? Then love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no concept in our that you should have temperate, moderate love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No. You have to have powerful love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ That those who have iman, they are intensely extreme in their love for Allah. Not moderate, not even intense, not even extreme. Ashad, extremely shadid. Intensely extreme, extremely intense in their love for Allah subhanahu wa There's no balance there. This is an extreme feeling. So we have to be people who have strong actions in deen and have strong feelings in deen. Other balance. Other side where there's no balance. Love for the dunya. We are allowed to have zero love for dunya. You can live in the dunya, acquire the dunya, earn dunya, even to some extent, enjoy what you earn, but you're not allowed to love the dunya at all. That's another extreme. There's no balance there. That, okay, I have moderate love for dunya, I'm a good Muslim. No, good Muslim means I have zero love for dunya. Because Sayyidina Rasulullah said, That love for the dunya is the source of every mistake, every error, all evil and all sin, because of our love for dunya. So we can't have any love for it. Now, this brings us to the question that is it possible to live in the dunya and not love it? Is that possible? So the Christian answer was no. Christians said no, it's not possible. You cannot live in the dunya and not love it. So if you want to not love it, you must leave the dunya. Go live in the monastery. Or if you are a woman, you go live in a convent, become a nun. Right? They said it's not possible. Sayyidina Rasulullah said, La rahbaniyata fil Islam. That there's no, you cannot leave the dunya. You must stay in the dunya. You must live in the dunya and that is your mujahidah, that is your struggle and your test that you will live in the dunya and not love the dunya. That is the demand Islam makes. It's much more difficult. It's much easier to just run away and live in some faraway place and then you won't love the dunya because we don't even live in the dunya. It's very difficult to live in the dunya and not love the dunya. 
So what is this building? This building is dunya. It's dunya. In fact, it's a specialized institution that is going to teach you how to get more dunya. Yeah. I mean, that's what business is, right? Business is the acquiring and multiplying of dunya. Get more, and then if you have more, get even more. And if you have even more, get even still more. <laughs> that is what you are trained to do. And whether you do it for yourself or your management consultant, you do it for a company. Why does a company hire an external management consultant? Because they say we want more. <laughs> and we heard that you guys could help us get more. So we'll pay you your fee. You get us more. <laughs> and let's say you do it for them. Then they'll hire you again. You said, but we were here last year. Say, but we want even more. <laughs> right? And then let's say you do it for them. Right? You're a brilliant business strategy consultant. They'll hire you again the next year. You say, but what happened? I was here two years ago. Yeah, but the first year you got us more. The second year you got us even more. And we want even more. <laughs> so we hire you again. <laughs> Make us even get even more. Higher and higher and higher profitability. Higher and higher and higher revenue. Means more and more and more than you. So you end up kind of loving it. How could you not love it? Right? Very difficult to live in the dunya and not love the dunya. There's only one person who can do this. There's only one person who can do this. The only person who can live in the dunya and not love the dunya is the person who lives in the dunya and loves Allah SWT. Because their heart is so full of the love for Allah SWT. They can't love the dunya. Let me give you an example. Even within the dunya. So let's say you love your home. You're happy. You're happy. You're too young, I think, to be married. Any of you. A couple of you are maybe. Right? But you're happily. You're, you're happy at home. So you go for a conference in Bergen. And you spend one night in a hotel. Do you fall in love with the hotel? No. You live in a hotel for that night. But you don't fall in love with it. Even if it's got the most incredible furniture and design. And such a grand lobby. You don't fall in love with it. You just go in, you get the key, you walk underneath all those chandeliers, past all those sofas, on all that marble, you get the key, you go to your room. You go to your room, you spend the night, next morning you go to the conference and you check out. So you lived in the hotel without loving the hotel. Why? Because you had a home. But if you were homeless, and you didn't have a home at all, or you don't like your home, or you don't love your home, or you're not happy at home, well, when you go to that hotel, in one night you will fall in love with the hotel. Yes? So if your heart is empty of love for home, you will have love for hotel. But if your heart is absolutely full with love for home, you have no love for the hotel. You won't even notice. You can go home and your wife can ask you, that, oh, what was the upholstery and what were the curtains? And you say, I don't know, you know it was some five-star thing, but I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> I have such a little attraction to it. MashaAllah. Exactly the same thing with Allah SWT in the dunya. That person whose heart is the empty, empty of love for Allah Ta'ala, they will fall in love with the dunya. And that person whose heart is full with the love for Allah SWT, they will live in the dunya. They will function in dunya. They will earn dunya, strive in dunya. They can even attain, achieve, accomplish in dunya. But they won't love it. They won't love dunya. This in Arabic is called zuhud. Zuhud is that emotional feeling that means that you live in the dunya without loving the dunya. 
Okay, all of you have zuhud for certain things. For example, let's say you're wearing a sweater today. Maybe you don't love that sweater. Maybe some of you love your sweaters. But let's say you lost that sweater. You'll be fine. No problem. You get another one. So that means, you, but right now you have it. You earned it, you wear it, you benefit from it. But you don't love it. But all of the new should be just like a sweater for you. But yes, you have to get it. You have to wear it. You have to take care of it. You have to button it. You have to, you benefit from it. But you don't have any love for it. That is the way a Muslim functions in dunya. That's compounds. Balance actually means being in dunya, not running away. But having 0% love for dunya and having only love for Allah Ta'ala and any other love that Allah Ta'ala wants you to love and any love that He allows you to love. That is called well-balanced Muslim. The last thing to tell you today that is priorities. Because many times when we talk about the word balance, we also talk about the word priorities and then people combine the two. How can I balance? What are my priorities and how am I supposed to balance them? So priority number one is the faraiz of deen. Those things that Allah Ta'ala has said you have to do. Sometimes that's something you will learn about in Quran. Sometimes there's some things in the hadith, Sunnah of Sina where he has told us things that we have to do. But the faraid of the that is number one priority. Number two priority is the faraid of dunya. Yes, there are some things that Allah Ta'ala said you have to do in the dunya, which is, to, which for example, your field kasbi halal, to earn a lawful living. That's from the faraid. That's something you have to do. And if you ask me if a person is on Norwegian welfare, but they were able to earn, they're leaving the fard. Just because Norway is willing to subsidize you doesn't fulfill your dini obligation to do the faraiz of dunya. You can also refer to this sometimes people call faraiz of deen hukukullah and faraiz of dunya is hukukul ibad which does that mean it's not just earning but it may be supporting your husband, supporting your wife, raising your children, maybe giving some service or taking care of your parents. There are certain things that you have to do. These are the top two priorities. Here again, there is no sense of balance. You have to do both of them 100%. It's not 50-50. There is no give and take. These are things that Allah Ta'ala has said that you have to do 100%, both of them. Then comes the third thing. If I make it very simple, I'll just make it four categories for you. The faraid of deen, faraid of dunya. Then there are two next categories. Extra deen and extra dunya. Then there's extra deen, more deen. So you learn more Qur'an, learn more hadith, pray more salah, recite more Qur'an, make more dua, follow more sunnah. That's extra deen. And there's extra dunya. Extra dunya means you get to earn more, so you get a bigger car, you wear a nicer watch, you have better laptop, you buy a latest smartphone. That's extra dunya. So there's extra deen and there's extra dunya. Here is the tricky part. So this I will tell you, here you can talk about trade-off. What does it mean? You cannot do 100% extra deen and 100% extra dunya. No way. It's not possible. If you want to get extras in deen, listen to this sentence carefully. If you want to get extras in deen, 
you will have to give up some extras in dunya. Guaranteed. If you want extras in deen, you will have to give up some extras in dunya. Let me flip it. If you are not willing to give up any extras in dunya, you will never get extras in deen. If your whole life and all of your effort and all of your time and all of your energy and all of your aspiration and all of your motivation is to get extras in dunya, then you will see in your own heart that you no longer have any desire for the extras in deen. Here now there's trade-offs. Here, now you can talk about balancing your priorities. Now you tell me. Now, if you're sitting in the lecture hall, you may give a different answer. But if you're sitting here, tell me a mu'min. What would a mu'min prefer? Extra in deen or extra in dunya? What would the mu'min prefer? Hmm? You can have a 18 karat gold dunya and 24 karat taqwa. Or you can have 18 karat taqwa and 24 karat dunya. What if I gave that choice? The mu'min should say, I go for 24 karat taqwa. Right? Even if that means I get 18 karat dunya. Because at least I have my faraiz of dunya. Right? But what do the choice most of us make? We are going for 24 karat dunya. Shining, sparkling dunya. All the extras in dunya. And then what we see in ourselves, we're missing all the extras in deen. There's no concept of tahajjud. There's no concept of dua. There's no concept of zikr. There's no haya of the eyes. There's no pure thoughts. We've lost all the extras of deen. Now, I'm calling it extra, but all of these things are in Quran. So is it really extra? Something for us to think about. And if we think it's so extra, then... We should just do a simple exercise. We should go home and whatever Quran you have at home, copy of Quran, you should take it out and you should take scissors and you should cut out all of those verses. Cut out everything that says taqwa and says zikr and says this and that. Just leave those few verses that talk about Ramadan. It's two, three verses that talk about fasting. About two verses that talk about hajj. And yes, Allah Ta'ala has repeated Akimul Salah over 700 times. You keep all of that in. Everything else just cut it out. This is my Qur'an. I came up with a new version of Qur'an. Nobody can do that. <laughs> Nobody could ever do that. You would die before you took those scissors. Right? That's, mashallah, the other we have. That's the other we have towards the paper of the Qur'an. When are we going to have other in our life towards living the lifestyle of Qur'an? We've already taken our scissors. We've already cut those things out of our life. <laughs> That's much worse than to cut the paper. We actually cut it out of our life. It's not there. <laughs> it's all finished. Finished. We took out any and all extras of deen. Because we were chasing every single extra of dunya. Now let me tell you another thing. If you lose all of the extras, you will start losing the core. No way. I've never met anyone who can tell me that in the last one year, 365 days. I never prayed any sunnah, any nafal, but I never missed a single fad. No anybody can say that to me. I guarantee you, if you never ever ever pray sunnah and nafal, sooner or later you will miss your fad. Guarantee you. 100%. Same way in the dunya. Right? If you leave out every extra of the dunya, then you may even sometimes lose out the core. 
So this is the real name of the game in balance. Balancing between getting extras in deen and getting extras in dunya. So this I would simply say, that to begin the balance is, because right now we are completely lopsided. <laughs> we have zero extras in deen and trying to get extras of dunya only. So to work towards the balance, we should try to get some extras in deen. I want more deen. And if I succeed, you know, like they hired that consultant, you should also have a deeny consultant. And you should tell him, I want more deen. And then he helps you and gets you more deen. And you should come back to him again after a few months and say, now I want more deen. I said, what happened? <laughs> I was with you and I sat with you and I told you some things and you did, then you got more. She says, but I want even more. And you should be like that, right? And then, okay. Then he teaches you some more, you learn some more, you do some more, you get more. Then again, you should go back and say, I want more. I want still more. You should want more and more deen. You need to start beginning that. Then you will see something miracle happen. If you ever want to see, you want a miracle in your own life, you may think, oh, miracle, that's for some super muttaki Muslim. No, I show you how to get a miracle. Every one of you can get a miracle in your life. And that is simply this. If you start trying to get more and more extras in deen, Allah Ta'ala will miraculously let you keep the extras in deen. You won't take it away. This is one way. <laughs> you try for the extras in dunya, you will lose the extras in deen. However, the opposite isn't true. This is the miracle. You try for the extras in deen, you will not lose the extras in dunya. You try. I give it to you. You try to pray the hajjid, you won't lose your better laptop. Yes, you try to have more haya and control your gaze better, you won't lose your better phone. You go for the extras in deen, you will not lose the extras in dunya. Alhamdulillah. What an amazing system Allah Ta'ala has made for us. No trade-off. One-way trade-off, yes. If you go for only extras of dunya, and you don't try for extras in deen, you will lose it. But if you go for extras in deen, you won't lose whatever extras in dunya you have. It's a very simple, very simple way for us to learn. So this is our message to you. And the last thing, then, is taqwa. The biggest extra in deen, which is not an extra actually, <laughs> is a core sifat of deen is taqwa. If we have deficient taqwa, you know even some people that have a single vitamin deficiency, they say, I have vitamin D deficiency, I have vitamin A deficiency, it's an illness. They say, I have calcium deficiency. One, one element in their body, in the whole, you know, multivitamin and mineral, you take one thing and they put, give them a deficiency in that, they become sick. They become sick. I have iron deficiency, I have this deficiency. One thing. Now, if the physical body is like that, that if you have a deficiency in one thing, you will become sick, then imagine your spiritual self, your ruh, if you have deficiency. Then imagine that person physically who has so many deficiencies. Can you imagine that person who is so sick? He says, I have vitamin A deficiency. I have vitamin D deficiency. I have calcium deficiency. I have iron deficiency. I have protein deficiencies. I have white blood cell count deficiency. I have red blood cell deficiency. I have platelet deficiency. I have bone marrow deficiency. Ya Allah, you will get so worried about such a person, right? You will say, Ya Allah, what's happened to this person? But now think the same sentence somebody says or somebody doesn't say it but the reality 
I have taqwa deficiency. I also, same person, I have sunnah deficiency. Same person, I have salah deficiency. Same person, I have dua deficiency. Same person, I have haya deficiency. Same person, I have sabr deficiency. Same person, I have shukr deficiency. Same person, I have tawakkul deficiency. Same person, I have ikhlas deficiency. So then shouldn't you be amazed at such a person as well? And what if that person is you? What if that person is me? What we look and we should feel about ourselves? Hmm? If the doctor told you you had all those vitamin deficiencies, you would change your lifestyle. If he gave you a program, then look, you have to take this certain number of pills every day, you have to do certain diet, certain exercise, you have to change your lifestyle. You say, yes, I'm ready to do it. I changed my whole lifestyle for my physical health. So can't we change, at least begin to change, at least begin to change part of our lifestyle for our spiritual health? How long do you think we can function with this taqwa deficiency? Hmm? Allah Akbar. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amal taqullaha haqqa tukati. Oh, you have iman, you should have taqwa. How much taqwa haqqa tukati? As it is Allah Ta'ala's right over you that you should have taqwa. Ya Allah. <laughs> what a high level of taqwa Allah Ta'ala asked. Wala tamutunna. And don't you die. Illa wa antum muslimun Except that you are Muslim What does it mean? The Mufassir wrote It means that that mu'min Who doesn't have taqwa His Islam is in danger His deen is in danger Iman minus taqwa Threatens our very deen And we are people who every day Trying to live this equation We have iman We don't have taqwa So we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah give each and every one of us the hasanat of the dunya, the hasanat of the akhirah, that He save us from the fire of Jahannam, that He teach us this true balance, true balance and that He make us put some time and effort and sacrifice to start getting some of those extras of deen and that He give us the strength and courage and willpower to try to become people of taqwa, may he make us all amongst the muttaqeen. Wa akhir da'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.